0: Your horse training questions answered. Answered. Welcome to the Carson James Podcast. Your weekly boost of horsemanship. No jargon, no fluff, and no BS. Just natural, proven solutions that work. And now, here's Carson James. Hey everybody, and welcome to the podcast. This one is going to be a little bit, well, to me, a little bit unique or a little bit different from stuff we might have talked about in the past in a couple ways. So I want to just start off, I want to tell you this quick story. Uh, this There was a reigning cow horse trainer that I used to work for, really big name in that world, and he would go to competitions and, and compete with some extremely famous horse trainers. If I named their names, you would immediately know who they were. Okay, well, the, the one horse trainer was, let's say he was geared a little more towards, you know, always being super light-handed and never really taking a hold of them, even if, you know, maybe the horse is kind of pushing on him a little bit. Well then, the the trainer that I was working for, uh, he was not that way. Now it's important to clarify. Like this guy was not a horse abuser. He was very fair to his horses, but uh, you know, if there was a, if he if he asked a horse to stop, and that and that horse kind of pushed through his hand and wasn't really putting in the the effort. Then he would take a hold of that horse and kind of pull him into the ground, you know, like, hey, dude, I I hinted that you should stop. Now, you know, get it done better next time. Do better. Okay, well, when I first got there, I was more, this was years ago, but I was more of the mindset of, I mean, not completely, but more so the mindset of, yeah, you know, don't ever pull on them. Don't ever really take a hold of them uh if they're pushing on you bend them around you know that's kind of a typical thing and as i worked there and i saw that the the trainer that i worked for multiple times on horses that were even less experienced than this this other guy that uh that was kind of more of what most people think is kind of the natural horsemanship type approach. Okay, well after multiple competitions and seeing the guy I work for, uh, he would win every time. Or at least come in at a higher place above this other fella, right? And uh the the day that it really changed my perspective was we were at a competition and the cow so let's Let's call let's call the guy that was kind of more of the natural horsemanship thing. Let's just call him uh let's call him Stan. Okay. Uh so Stan was in the lineup watching the trainer I work for. Let's call him Dan. And Dan was working this cow and the cow stopped pretty hard, and the horse that Dan was on kind of missed it. And didn't really stop when the cow did. So Dan really took a hold of that horse. Said, hey dude, when that cow stops, you get your butt stopped. You know? And now in all fairness, the reins on, on Dan's bit were kind of dry rotted and stuff. But anyways, one of the reins broke when he took a hold of that horse to stop him. Okay, well, uh, Stan... Is Stan the kind of the natural yeah Stan kind of the natural horsemanship guy. Stan goes um, he says, you know if you didn't pull on that horse that rein wouldn't have broke And then Dan kind of laughed and said, well if he would have stopped he wouldn't have gotten pulled on. Okay, so I really thought about that for the next week and I kept comparing the two different schools of thought after I had already seen, Dan, uh, you know, have way broker and lighter and nicer horses than uh, Stan, the natural horsemanship type guy. And later on, I asked Dan about it, just kind of along the lines of about, you know, when to be heavy, when to be light and all that. And he said, well, Carson, this is here's here's the thing. These horses have to learn to be pulled on. Then I was like, what's he talking about? And then he followed up. He says, they have to learn how to take a pull. And he said, you know how horses that aren't real broke, if you take a hold of them kind of suddenly, typically their nose will go up, they'll hollow their back, and the it'll be a really bad stop. And I said, oh, yeah, seen that a billion times. He says, well, you noticed on all of these You know, once they get pretty far along, the harder of a the the more you take a hold of them, the more they soften to the bit, and the harder they stop, and the more they lift their back, and you know all that. I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, that's what I mean. A horse has to learn how to take a pull." So, we've all well, most of us have probably heard. You know, somebody will be like, "Hey, what's a horse do when you take a hold of him?" And then before you can answer, they go, he pulls back. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Not if they're broke. <laughs> you know, they, a horse needs to be to where you can take a hold of him, even if you don't do it just right. And even if you do it kind of suddenly without much pre-signal, not that you should. And even if you do it in kind of a rude way, not that you should the horse should be sure enough about everything to where he doesn't brace in his pole, in his neck, in his withers, any of that stuff, right? Okay, well, from that point on, I kind of started applying a little more of the logic of maybe instead of always trying to kind of creep around what I'm really wanting this horse to do, for, you know, God forbid, is he throws his nose up a little bit. What if I just focus a little bit more on being more clear and get it to where he's doing the maneuver really well, and then if he's still raising his head and kind of bracing on me after that, I'll start working on, hey, keep your head down, don't brace. Okay, well, it turns out by the time I got him really good, there was no brace in the in the neck or the feet, no head tossing, all that kind of stuff. so now we can kind of actually start the uh start the discussion, and what that is is we're gonna talk about getting a horse to where his neck and his pole is really really good. This is it's it's a thing that needs to be there on every horse. But it's really really good for a horse that's kind of hot or tends to get a little flighty or spooky or whatever. And the reason that it works so good is because it is it's not impossible, but it is very very uh rare. To have a horse that is completely loose in every part of his body and what I or let's specifically his neck. Let's say you pick up and you just kind of bump your reins with one ounce of pressure. Imagine if that horse immediately softened at his pole and dropped his head down at least level with his withers. And even lower than his withers, if you did want it to go that low. Uh Okay, well you imagine the next time you're on a horse and he starts to get a little tight in his body, starts to stiffen his neck and raise his head. If you could just, right when you go to take the slack out of the reins, he just drops his head and softens his pole. And if you take a hold of the right rein, no no matter how you take a hold of it, even if it's not in a really good way, not that you should. But even if you kind of just take it and pull suddenly, he just immediately bends to the right and immediately bends to the left. And imagine you get this horse to where no matter how you pull, the more pressure you put on the bit instead of the more he braces, what if the more he softened and gave to it? Okay, so if we can get a horse to be that good at doing the total opposite of what most most horses would do if you kind of took a hold of them which is brace and stiffen right you imagine how for lack of a better word how foolproof that horse would be right and there is there is another train of thought and this does need to be taken into consideration because you know, you you want to slowly build this into your horse. But there's another train of thought that says, well, no, don't get in a habit of uh, pulling on him because that creates braces. And with bad timing, yeah, of course, that's going to create braces. And it's also going to make him, uh, you know, it'll make him even stiffer with bad timing. And it'll make his mouth more dull with bad timing. But here's the thing. So, you know, right now you might be thinking, well, yeah, I can't really afford to build that into my horse. That doesn't sound useful, and you're right, it's not. But here's the here's the thing, and this is what every this is where most people are missing. You also cannot afford to have a horse to where any time some life gets a little bit exciting. Or any time you need to suddenly take a hold of him to stop him or turn him quickly. And there could be all kinds of reasons for that. Let's say there's a rattlesnake out on the trail, you know. Uh, You you really don't want to end up with a horse to where he can't handle being pulled on. Meaning he braces and, you know, all that stuff. So, the thing that's going to make the difference is the timing, and we even have, we're going to add more, but we have a video, I think it's, I, yeah, I believe it's either in the intermediate or the advanced riding course on buckaroocrew.com, and I have to say this every one of these, but for those of you who who don't know what that is, it's a it's a website with a whole bunch of different training videos, and there's a virtual clinic on there and all this, but in those courses, we there's a section where we talk about how to begin getting a horse to soften at the pole and lower his head and lower his neck. And there is, a, there is a, another school of thought. I'm trying to just cover all the bases here with you guys. There's another school of thought that says anytime a horse softens and gets his face behind the vertical or behind the bit, meaning he basically over-flexes at his pole, it's screwing up all of his biomechanics and that's you know that's true it's been proven that's true uh there's also another there's also another thing that goes along with that that basically says well you got to be really careful getting a horse's head real real low when you're riding him around because that could make him dump all of his weight onto the front end and that is completely true as well uh now, you can also have a horse with a really high head that has all of his weight on the front end. and But anyways, what we're getting at here is it's the way you go about it. So, basically, you never want to get your horse's head real low unless you're equaling that out with the driving leg to drive him up into the bit as he's lowering his head. Otherwise, yeah, he will eventually get to where he dumps all of his weight on his front end. So... I'm not saying you should ride your horse around with his head one foot off of the ground and him being overflexed at the pole. They call it hyperflexion. I'm not saying that that's how you need to ride your horse around. What I'm saying is, is if you wanted to with only one ounce and within an eighth of a second, you could put his head in that position. We're saying you want to have your horse that good and soft at giving to the bit that you could do that if you wanted to. Uh, a lot of horses, you kind of imagine you see most horses, when somebody is loping them around or trotting them and they ask them to stop kind of suddenly, and they kind of suddenly take a hold of them, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? It, you know, exactly, you nailed it. The horse throws his head, kind of hollows out his back, And loses all of his form, all of his frame, all of his balance. And it just is really ugly and not a good stop at all. What we're talking about here is having the total opposite of what generally takes place when somebody takes a hold of a horse. And, uh... What was I saying? Oh, right. To follow up with that trainer I was working for, even his fairly green horses that weren't real, real experienced, you could be working a cow or something. And if that cow made a sudden move and you kind of really needed to take a hold of that horse and stop him or turn him or whatever, he would, he would, those horses would do that. They would drop their nose and just soften to that bit pressure and the more you took a hold, the the better they would perform, not the worse they would perform. So there's a lot of scientific stuff behind this as well, but you you know how like you know how when you're a little spooked, like when a human, you personally, us, when we get when we're a little tense, we're more easily spooked, and it kind of Basically, lack of relaxation will cause us to be more on edge. Okay, well, this goes back to what we talk about a lot in these podcasts, and that is, let's say somebody says, my horse is scared of a flag. Okay, well, remember, think of this more as the horse is not actually tense and bothered by the flag. This horse is tense and bothered right on the surface or you know he's just on the edge of that all the time. It's just that the flag is bringing that to the surface. He's not actually scared of the flag. He's just scared and the flag is making it more obvious. So the uh the the amount of emphasis that we should be putting on the horse being extremely giving and soft in the neck and to the bit, no matter how you take a halt of it with one ounce or 10 pounds all of a sudden or whatever, he should immediately just give to that and it be a perfect response. And remember, this is something you build over time. Especially if you do any kind of competing where you're at a faster pace. Uh, well, let me give you a really good example. You can go on YouTube right now and watch a uh, <laughs> watch a barrel horse after they round their third barrel, run at full speed back to the alleyway they came out of, and. Watch right after that horse goes past the timers in the arena, watch that rider start to pull and crank on that horse's mouth to try to get that horse to, to slow up, okay? And watch how it basically just kind of all falls apart and it's really, really ugly. And then immediately after that, go on YouTube and watch a watch a finished reigning horse do the rundown to a sliding stop where he's in a dead run and look at the difference in the roundness of the top line. Look at the difference in the pole, the, how, uh, the, how there's no tension in the neck or the withers and just compare those two. That's what we're talking about here. Not that you're trying to Train your horse to do a 20 foot sliding stop, particularly. But look at the difference in how those two horses slow down from a full run. And a very important piece of the difference of those two horses is the reining horse got really good in the neck, where the barrel horse never did. And let's see. Oh, yeah, and just one more time, let me emphasize uh, a spooky horse, a hot horse, a horse that gets bothered or, you know, stuff like that. One of the best things you can do to overcome that with, to help them overcome that, is get them so good at just turning loose in all of those neck muscles, just where their neck and their pole, just where you can just, it feels like, Jello is so pliable in any circumstance. And uh, you will you will be amazed at the difference in your horse's mental state and also his physical state. So the the thing to work on for the week or the month, really practice this. Teach your horse to soften his pole and lower his head and then get him where he is really good at it no matter how you take a halt of him he just gives at the drop of a hat and you you do that for a little while and you and you just see the improvement that that makes on your horse in every aspect all right I hope that helps you guys out and we will see you next time thanks for listening You've been listening to the Carson James Podcast. Real. Simple. Horsemanship. Subscribe now to get new questions answered every week. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, drop us a review and share it with your horsey friends.